Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. Okay, so this morning we're having a little look <clears throat> at the Word of God and uh, the subject is healing, but really the subject is Holy Spirit, because those two aren't, aren't that's not two different things. <clears throat> so we've got a lot of scriptures today, and I'm, I'm glad we get this, you know, I don't want to say practice run, but I can't think of a better word, like, so then we can see how that all works out. There is a lot of scriptures, um, but we could have the first one up, please, as well. <clears throat> and we're just going to have a, you know, this is like, um, I once went to Switzerland for a holiday and uh, we went to see the, uh, what was it, the Eiger, the mountain, Eiger, yeah, massive, massive, you just look up at it and it's like just incredible. Well, if, if that represented healing, it's like I've picked up a little pebble off the Eiger and we're looking at that. Because you talk, how do you delve into everything that's in God? And how do you delve into the, everything the Holy Spirit is and who God is? But, but it's sometimes we need to just pick up a bit and start to look at this and start to uncover it. And then God, he wants to come and move in these areas. There's <clears throat> a, uh, a good scripture there. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees... I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. So the main scripture of that is, the, 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 we know that God has many names. One of God's names is Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the Lord who heals you. I am your healer. So the thing about healing is not something God does, although he does. It's someone who he is. You know, we, we know Jesus, uh, we know God as Savior, don't we, as Redeemer. We know uh, the Holy Spirit as uh, Comforter, Baptizer, but God's, one of God's names is also Healer. So God is a Healer. It's His nature to heal. If you're in the presence of God, if you were to go to heaven right now, you will find no one ill in any shape or form. You will not find anyone who is fatigued, uh, sick, mentally, emotionally, any way. You will find none of that. And Jesus said to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's who God is, and that's the important thing to remember. Next scripture, please. Um, and just given a little rundown of typical types of healing. Elisha sent a messenger. This is Naaman, if you remember Naaman. Elisha sent the messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. So Elisha gave instruction to Naaman about how to get his physical healing. Quite often there are instructions to follow. But the point of that is, that's a physical healing. So God does physical healing. Yeah. Uh, sec, uh, Psalm 103, verse 1 to 3. I could nearly quote that off the top of my head. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. So there you have diseases being healed, but you also have 
um, a spiritual healing. You have your sins forgiven. And that's an important emphasis, especially in the later meeting, which you know, we're likely to have some non-Christians in. And we need to, you know, we need to talk about spiritual healing. You need your sins forgiven because your sins are going to condemn you. Amen. And if we have the next scripture, please. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Anybody never been crushed in spirit? No, I don't think so. I think even in the bigger meeting, you'll not find anybody who has never been crushed in their spirit, in their emotions, who's never been hurt. This speaks of emotional healing. God heals our emotions. He, he heals our, 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 um, those things that, dis, uh, that hold us back, that control us. He, he can heal all those emotional. I, I believe, I don't know about yourself, but I think we are now in such a touchy-feely world that it's getting pathetic. Everybody's getting so, oh, I don't feel, oh, shut up. You know, it's a, you know, it's a great world compared to what it was a few hundred years ago, but all this touchy-feely stuff has got to stop. It's ridiculous. People have got to get control of their emotions, get control of their thoughts, amen? And that's a, that's a healing that God has to bring. Uh, Daniel 4, verse 34, next one, please. These guys are on it today. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. Quite a lot of us know this story. <clears throat> this guy was Roman eating grass, crawling around in all fours for seven years because he lifted himself above God. But the Lord, his sanity was restored. God restores sanity. He, he, God heals mentally. God is the answer to mental illness. You know, the, you think about depression, for example, the scripture says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's a prescription for depression. You know, and it's hard to get a depressed person to praise God, but once they do, that can break. That breaks the depression, you know. So you've got, you know, we've got physical healing, spiritual healing. We've got emotional healing, mental healing. Matthew 4, verse 23. <clears throat> Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. I call that mass healing. You know, Jesus went and healed everybody. Everybody who came, the scripture says he healed all who came to him. You know, so I, get, I feel that maybe the heart of God is for our benefit. You know, I don't think he's trying to teach me a lesson through something. Um, Luke 5.20, a lot of scripture in it. It's good to read the scripture. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So there's, a, there's a, a forgiveness of sins linked. If you know that story, it's the guy, um, to remember the story now. They said to him, yeah, through the roof, that's him. Tony, it's going through the roof today. They said to him, he, they, were, they were waiting to see Jesus heal the guy, and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And they went, how can you say that? And Jesus said, well, which is easier to say? Your, get up and walk or your sins are forgiven. Then he said to the bloke, get up and walk after he said your sins are forgiven. It's like God doesn't disconnect these two. Salvation, you see, is a package. Salvation is not your sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven, and God might also bless you. The word salvation, the word sozo, has got sins forgiven. Sozo is the word for salvation. Sins forgiven, prosperity, blessing, healing. 
Every good thing that God wants is in the word salvation. So it's, healing is not a side issue. It's part of the package. It's like buying a car. You can't buy a car and have two wheels missing and thinking you've got the whole package. So healing is part of salvation. You know, Scripture says, um, you know, you believe, whenever you get saved, you uh, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's the same with healing. It's the same with blessing. It's the same with um, prosperity. Amen. <clears throat> so let's go to Mark 12, verse 28 to 34. We're getting into the meat of it now. <clears throat> One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answer, Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So the most important, they said to Jesus, what's the most important thing? You know, what is the golden rule? What is the bottom line, if you want to call it that? And he said, love God, love people. And, and my, my point in this is if I'm loving God, if I want to obey that scripture, how can I leave you in pain? How can I not try to get someone healed? How can I leave people to suffer? And, you know, I was, I was, God led me into this area. I didn't ask for this. A few years ago, I was quite happy to let everyone suffer and die because I was doing fine. Of course, we never want to admit that, do we? But our inaction says, I don't really care about your pain. And yet the Scripture tells me to love God and love people. People are in pain, physical, emotional, mental, da-da-da. And the Holy Spirit wants to use us to, to, um, to heal that. Amen? So it's a good thing. John 14, verse 15. <clears throat> if you love me, keep my commands. Jesus talking to his disciples. And John 15, 9 to 11. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Now I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Does anybody want to live in perpetual joy? Obey Jesus' commands, right? And he said his commands aren't burdensome. His burden is light, isn't it? If we obey Jesus, we will live in perpetual joy. We will be joyful. That's why maybe half the church is miserable. We're not obeying the command of Jesus. Let's do what Jesus said, and we will reap the rewards of the joy. There's, I can tell you from experience, there's no better joy than praying for somebody and seeing a miracle happen. It's a buzz that no drug can give you, and I know because I've done most of them. It really is a buzz. It's, it's a wonderful, it's a, just a sense of fulfillment. So I can't love God and not love people, and vice versa. I can't love people and not love God if I'm not trying to help them with their suffering. Amen. So let's look at Matthew 10, verse 5 to 8. And I want to explain this, because healing, I believe, is part of the Great Commission. Jesus, these 12 Jesus sent <clears throat> out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal those who are ill, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Has anybody received any of those things? Anybody ever had demons driven out of them? My hand is up. Anybody ever received healing from God? As you have received, freely give. Yeah? 
when you think about it, how can we receive that and not be willing to give that? It's like receiving food and having a, a hungry person near you. You, you just, you know, it, it's just wrong, isn't it? Just wrong. So, <clears throat> now the reason I'm emphasizing that is because of the next scripture. See, if I'm loving God and loving people, I am no longer working for God. I am now working with God. And there's a heck of a difference, I believe, in that there. Working with God, for a start, you see more happening. Matthew 28. This is the, what we call the Great Commission. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. See, we're all in there somewhere, aren't we? Some doubted. When Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. <clears throat> now, you might think, well, that healing's not in there. But <clears throat> he just said to his disciples, about the, the next bunch of disciples. He said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Well, what did he command them back in Matthew 10? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse, cast out demons, cleanse leprosy, preach the gospel. So he commanded his disciples to do that. And then he told his disciples to teach the next bunch of disciples everything he commanded them. And there's lots more, of course, all through the scriptures. Everything Jesus taught he says, what I taught you, you teach them. Don't leave stuff out. Don't cherry pick. And, you know, <clears throat> for years we've cherry picked stuff. That doesn't suit me. So I don't, I'll, I'll leave that. Well, that's not obedience. All right? So the Lord's calling us to be obedient to the Great Commission. <clears throat> so if I love people, would I be happy to see them suffer? Not really. When you see people in pain, especially if you've ever experienced any form of pain yourself, any form of illness in, in you know, any range of problems. In fact, quite often people who have suffered are very good at um, having empathy for others. You know, when, you, when you, somebody hurts, you, especially if they have the same thing you had or whatever. So, is God happy to see them suffer? See, that's a, that question is just an automatic no in my mind. But some Christians seem to think God uses suffering to teach people sickness, you know, to, to teach people lessons. To me, that's child abuse. You'd never do that to your own child. Why would God do that to us? Sorry, but that's nonsense. That's religious tribe. <clears throat> so there are many types of pain. We know that. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned some. We've got physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, mental sickness. You actually have, we also have financial pain. Anybody ever suffered financially? Who's the thief? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can't kill you, he'll steal from you. If he can't steal, he'll destroy something. But his, his um, remit, his plan is destruction to take from us, to hurt us, to kill us, to destroy us, to stop us from being the people God called us to be. And he especially hates the church. That's why there's so many weird theologies going around. 
that will um, that try to stop the church obeying God's commission. You know, that, I mean, there's this thought theology of secessionism, or that God doesn't do that anymore. That one theology has kept millions of Christians from becoming everything the Holy Spirit wanted them to be. And it's a lie. Secessionism is from the pit of hell. I'm sorry about it. It's the biggest load of nonsense. <clears throat> because obviously God didn't stop doing all that stuff because he's done it all down through the centuries. There's never been a year that the Holy Spirit hasn't been healing the sick and dealing with all this stuff and blessing people and casting in and out and filling people and doing miracles. There's never been a, a, a day since Jesus that that hasn't happened. You know, it's happened all over the world. So all these different types of pain. I know someone who is a specialist doctor in all of these areas. You know, we see lots of specialists, don't we? There's, uh, you know, people who, neurosurgeons, or there's people who work in your heart. Or, well, the Holy Spirit is a specialist doctor in every area, every area. He knows exactly what's wrong with every one of us, and he knows exactly how to fix it. But what he needs is us. He needs our hands. You know, it's his healing, but it's our hands. Um, and he, he's looking for, I don't know, maybe he's looking for junior doctors, if you want to call it that. He's looking for partners because Jesus' hands are now in heaven. Jesus can't touch us because he's not here. It's the Holy Spirit's here. So it's our hands. Now let me say something carefully. <clears throat> this is going to be interesting in the next meeting as well. Jesus didn't do any miracles the Bible says Jesus healed the sick. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Because it was actually the Holy Spirit that did them. And I think that's a really important distinction. Because Jesus stripped himself of all of his heavenly power so that he could become a man filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why did he do that? Because see, if Jesus did his miracles as God, then I can't copy him because, well, he's God. I can't, well, who do I think I am? And that's what religion will tell you. But Jesus did not do any miracles as God. Jesus was powerless until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, everything is an example. Jesus, his whole life is an example. His example was, I'm a man filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm doing these things so that you can do them. And he even said, you will do even greater things than this, than these. And then he said later on, I must go away, because if I don't go, I can't send you the Holy Spirit. So Jesus didn't do miracles, but of course he did. You know what I mean? It's okay to say Jesus did the miracles. But we must remember that it's the Holy Spirit who lives inside us. The same, that this same Holy Spirit who, lived inside, who lives inside us right now is the same person who did the miracles through Jesus. And as much as he used Jesus' hands, he wants to use ours. And I find that such a privilege, such a position. It's, it's exciting and scary all at the same time. But he wants to do it through us. It really is that, that simple. So that's why he did the miracles as an ordinary man filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and that was, it was, everything was an example. He, he, he died on the cross with the approval of the Father. Scripture says it was the Lord's will to make him suffer so he could take our sins, he could take our sickness. 
So that was Jesus' part. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit did the miracles through him. And then he died, and he gave up his spirit at the end, and then he was resurrected. Um, there's no, I don't, I don't know if he'd done miracles after his resurrection. I can't remember or not. But see, the Holy Spirit would have had to come back to raise him. When Jesus went into the grave, he was relying on the Holy Spirit to raise him. Because he was powerless in that, in that sense. Um, and then he went away so he could send the Holy Spirit. So what we are is all, we're all like many Jesuses called to do the same work. Amen. So he doesn't, not just, he doesn't just want to heal us. He wants to heal through us. And it works because I've seen it happen and many, many people have seen it here as well, you know. So he's not just a source, he's a person. And I, th- I believe one of the big keys to <clears throat> seeing more healing, and I find this to be true, is to not, don't ask God to heal. Right? Don't pray, oh God, heal this person. I'm not saying that doesn't work. I tell you what works better is invite the Holy Spirit. Because we, we're dealing with a person so let's work with the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to see somebody healed, you, you ask the Holy Spirit to come and heal them. And lay your hands on them in faith and say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and heal this, whatever the sickness is. We invite you to come and touch this person. And, and I think if we will develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit and actually stop being rude to him, we're, we're actually quite rude to the Holy Spirit. We do things like, well, this meeting's over. You've got five minutes, Holy Spirit, to do this. We don't tell God what to do, right? Sometimes things take longer. I'll tell you a story uh, of a team that went to, I think, one of the South American countries, and there's a lot of prayer for the sick. And this woman was praying for a blind woman, completely blind, and she prayed for quite a while. And then, she, and she felt impressed by the Holy Spirit, which is where we must learn His voice. She felt impressed to keep praying. She prayed for this woman for five hours. I mean. Some of us wouldn't do five minutes in our culture. We're like the McDonald's culture. Well, God can do it in five minutes. He can, but he might not. He might not. And if he impresses us to push through for something. So on this occasion, she prayed for five hours. Nothing happened. She flew back to America. Three days later, she gets a phone call. Three days later, the woman woke up. She could see. Why five hours? I don't know. Why three days? I don't know. Why are you questioning it? Just be obedient. Why do we question everything? Why do we debate? I mean, I heard a great statement the other day. Pessimism is pointless. Pessimism has no use. There's no point talking about what will or won't happen. It doesn't change anything. You know, what about a bit of optimism? Maybe God will do something through us, amen? And, you know, there's lots of stories like that. One woman was was prayed for in a meeting. She went every night to a meeting. Uh, and was prayed for every night, seven, seven days she was prayed for. And then the seventh time of prayer, her sight came back. And the, the, the minister said, well, ask God, what's that all about? And God showed him that the woman had, had this demon spirit that was causing her blindness that had seven tentacles wrapped around her head, over her eyes. See, we don't see what's going on in the spirit. We have to be obedient. That's why persistence. It took me nine months to get back healed, you know. Nine months, I kept going for prayer, kept getting prayer, praying for myself. Everybody knew, pray for me, pray for me, touch me, lay hands on me, pray for me. I went to the healing rooms, Milton Keynes, Monday night. Woke up Thursday, my back was completely healed. And it's been that way ever since. So, like, 
Why nine months? I don't know. Why so many times the prayer? I don't know. I don't care. My back feels good. Persistence. Amen. So I feel that the Lord, you know, just wants to um, just really birth something in us with healing. Every single one of us. And it's not about us being the spiritual superhero. I'm tired of spiritual superheroes. I'm tired of people putting themselves all over Facebook. Look at me, minister, and look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm here. Oh, support my ministry. Shut up. We're supposed to be anonymous. It's Jesus is supposed to get the glory. I long for the day when there are no big evangelists, no big uh, names, that, that somebody got healed and they say, who, who healed you? I don't know. It was somebody down at the church. I don't even remember who it was. It was the bloke, or the woman making the coffee. It was the guy at the door. It was the guy who was on fire marshal. I don't even know his name. No big names. The big name is Jesus. And once the church, it's the church's job to put all the big names out of business. I don't mean that in a nasty way, but that we don't need them. And I believe, you know, it's, I believe it's the time of the church, amen. So my last scripture, I don't know what the time was like on that. The last scripture is Romans 8, verse 11. Helena started the, at, at Easter with this one. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You know, if the Holy Spirit's moving through you, he's going to move for you as well. He lives in you. You know, Holy Spirit, if this is your house, can you do some renovation work? Fix a few things up. Fix the bad bits. Fix the hurting bits. And he will. He will. And he wants to, he wants to do it for us and through us. So, amen. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to come and do what he wants to do and to heal us in every way. Every way. Amen. Let's do that. So I'll hand back to Sarah. And I know there's only a few of us here, but, you know, if you feel God has spoken to you about this specifically, receive something from him now. Just say this, Lord, okay, show me more. Give me more revelation. Let me try this. Let me see this. And you've got to be sometimes prepared to what, we, what the world calls fail. It's not fail. I have 100% success in praying for the sick. Do you know why? Because every time I pray for the sick, I'm 100% obedient. Now, the results... You can go and debate that with whoever you want, but I'm doing. I'm being obedient. So I don't, everybody I prayed for doesn't, doesn't hasn't so far got healed immediately, but I have 100% success because I'm 100% obedient. Does that make sense? But be obedient to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you, and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.